decision that I'm going to rejoice. Yes, I'm going to rejoice. Yes, I'm going to rejoice. And I'm going to be glad in and welcome to Hope at Home, the Hope World Experience. Hope World anywhere, everywhere. I hope and pray that you are blessed on this day. Because once again, it's a day that the Lord has made. And we're going to make good of it. We're going to make good of this day. I know the conditions may not be the way that we want it to be. But I remind you what my mama used to say to me as a little boy. Thank God that things are as well as they are. You have a roof over your head. You got clothes on your back. You got food in your refrigerator. Amen. You got income coming in. Praise the Lord. God is yet still good and his mercy is still yes. yet enduring yes. forever and ever. And his grace is fresh every day. Amen. And we thank God for it. We thank God for it. So glad that you have tuned in on this wonderful, uh, wonderful Sunday morning. I hope and pray that you were blessed by the past two weeks. Hope will rewind. I hope that you were blessed by that word. Even though it was preached last summer, it's still so relevant till today. So again, I hope that you were blessed by that. Go ahead. If you have not already shared this, tag somebody in this and let them know, amen, that the word is getting ready to come forth on this one. I'm so excited about being back in the sanctuary. There's something about being in the house of the Lord. Amen. My Sundays are not complete. Amen. Unless I'm in the house of the Lord. So I'm so glad that we are back. Amen. Coming at you live. Amen. For 400 East Main Street. Help me praise God for our music ministry and our media team. They are essential. Amen. I'm and our office staff, our trustees, they are essential and making sure um, that you all get the best of the Hopewell experience. Amen. Somebody just keep praying. Amen. Um, for that trip to Hawaii for them, that cruise for them. Amen. Keep praying that God will make the way out of no way. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So keep praying. Keep praying. Grab your Bibles with me. Grab your Bibles with me and go with me to John, the 11th chapter. John chapter 11. John, the 11th chapter. Um, we are starting a new start, uh, new series today. We're starting a new series today um, entitled Life. That's it. Life. We're starting a new series today um, entitled Life. Talking and going through the life and the story of Lazarus from John chapter 11. John chapter 11. So this is part one of our new series again entitled Life. Amen. Amen. I would tell you to touch your neighbor, but elbow your neighbor and say, the preacher's going to talk about life. Amen. The preacher's going to talk about life. Amen. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 6 is where we're going to begin today. Amen. And the reason is this, from the New Living Translation of the Bible. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent the message to Jesus, telling him, Lord, your dear friend, or some versions may say, the one whom you love is very sick. Verse 4. Um, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of Man will receive glory from this. So that the Son of Man will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. I want to talk um, from the subject this morning, love should have brought you, love should have brought you, love should have brought you, love should have brought you. 
If you remember the board game called Life, I mean, many of you probably remember playing that back in the day when you was a little, little, a little child playing that board game. And you remember the object of the game was to be able to start your life off right. I mean, to be able to start off um, getting married, start off with a great career, start off going to, a co going to college to be able to have a great career, to have a family, to buy your home, to invest your money um, in different things so that you could be able to retire. Along that board game, you all know that you had some wins and you also had some losses. Everything did not go your way. But even in the midst of that, the object of the game was for you to continue to go forward. Not to take a step back, but to continue to go forward. Even in the midst of losses, where you may have had, may have had to file bankruptcy, where you may have lost your home, where you may have had to pay some back taxes, the object of the game was to continue to get you to move forward in spite of everything that you may have endured, in spite of everything that you have encountered. That game right there teaches us a valuable lesson about real life, that no matter what happens in life, the object is for us to continue to move forward. Let's be honest this morning. We can be honest. I mean, you're right there in your home. I'm right here. Let's just have a real conversation this morning. Life is not always fair. I believe that's, a, that, that's an accurate yeah. statement to be able to make that life is not always fair. Everything will not always go the way that we desire for it to go. Everything will not happen the way that we desire for it to happen. We won't get our way all the time. Every, every day is not going to be sunshine. There are going to be some rainy days. There's going to be some cloudy days. There's going to be some days in our lives where we just throw our hands up and say, Lord, I don't know what in the world you are doing. I thought you loved me. I thought you cared about me. I know some of you are saying, well, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. As my grandma used to say, keep on living and you will begin to realize that every day is not going to be sunshine. There may be some thunderstorms. There may be some lightning. There may be some uh, dark clouds. There may be some things that may happen that totally takes you off God. But even in the midst of that, the object of life is to never stay where you are or to back up or to revert back. But the object of life is to continue to move forward no matter what. And I believe this story, this story here in John chapter 11, as we look at the life of Lazarus, that it talks, it has so much, it has so many principles of life that we can be able to attest with. There's so much that goes on within this story that I just cannot just do it all in one Sunday. This is where we're going to be in for the rest of this month. It's talking about the life of Lazarus and connecting it to where we are right now and just seeing and just seeing so many basic principles that we can be able to rely on to encourage us to keep us moving forward. Not staying where we are, not, 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 not reverting back to where we once was, but to continue to move forward. Here's an observation that I have about life that I sometimes struggle with on my own, and I can, I can be honest and say this is how I want to be sometimes. We're okay with life as long as it's on our terms. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, I, I believe yeah. that's the truth. We're okay. We're okay with life as long as it is dealt on our terms. We want life to be the way that we thought it would be as a four-year-old. When you imagine life having a great career, going through life with no struggles, going through life with no pain. I mean, marrying the, the love of your life, having your dream house, having a dog name, uh, having a dog, having a cat, having a mouse, having all that good stuff. I know somebody wants to pet me 
house right now. You just don't know what to do with yourself. But you had everything planned out for your life when you were four years old. But as you began to grow, as you began to, as you began to go through the phases of life, you began to realize, wait a minute, this is not the way I imagined my life to be when I was four or five years old. This is not the way that I planned for my life to be. It is true. It's a true statement to say that we are okay with life. As long as it's on our terms. What do you mean by our terms, Pastor? So I mean this, I mean this, that we go to God and we say, God, listen, I want a struggle-free life. I want a pain-free life. I want everything to go the way that I want it to do, how I want it to be. I don't want there to be any strain in my marriage. I want to be able to have my kids. I want them to be well in life. I want to have a nice checking account. I want to have a life savings account. I want everything to be well in life. But as soon as life takes a turn, and it's not the way that we thought it would be now, 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 now. We, we call for a conference with God. We begin to sit down with God and say, wait a minute, God. Now, I know that you love me. You said that you love me. You told me that I was worth dying for, that you gave your son's life on the cross for me. Yeah, so yeah. why are you allowing for my life to have take such a sudden turn? I would have been okay with the turn if you had gave me an up to If you had given me, given me a heads up and letting me know that life was about to take a strong love. If life was about to send me through a storm, I would have been okay with it, maybe a little bit baby if you had gave me a heads up about what was coming my way we're okay with life as long as it's dealt on our terms but can I can I can I just can I just bust your spirit your bubble this morning I'm sorry that life is not going to always be on your terms that's a hard reality that we have to get used to and to adjust to that life is not going to always be on your terms and it's so important that when we begin to have that perspective and we begin to step back and ask God to be able to grow us so that we can be able to adapt and to adjust to life not being on our terms. I like what Dr. Tony Evans says about us growing spiritual and us having spiritual growth and development in our lives. He says that it helps us to begin to see as God sees and to respond as God responds. If we take the time to be able to step back and begin to see how God wants to grow us when it comes to life, we can begin to have the perspective to be able to see as God sees and responds the way that he responds. Here it is in our story right here. A man named Lazarus, he is sick. He lives in Bethany with his two sisters, Mary and Martha. But here is, here, here, here is the blessing of the story. Here's the special part about the story. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha are not just some jokers that Jesus just knew. No, 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 no. These were three individuals that whenever Jesus came to Bethany to visit, whenever Jesus came to Bethany or the vicinity to be able to do ministry, he stayed at the home of Larry. Uh, he stayed at the home of Lazarus, Mary and Martha. They were no strangers to Jesus and Jesus was no stranger to them. They had a relationship. They did life together. They had a sense of community together. Jesus said it numerous of times how much he loved them, how much he cared about them, how much he was fond about them and likewise they showed their love right back to Jesus but life hits them hard. Life hits them all of a sudden. The Bible does not tell us that Lazarus, the Bible does not tell us how Lazarus died. It does not tell us what was going on in his life. It just tells us that all of a sudden life just happens and Lazarus dies. And Mary and Martha, they, 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 they take the time to be able to express to Jesus, to get word to Jesus, to let them know that the one that you have loved, the one that is a dear friend of yours, got sick and now 
he's dead. Uh-huh. Man, there's something. When you've had someone a part of your life for so long, uh-huh. and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they get sick. You pray and you pray and you believe God. You claim it by faith. You quote every scripture. You pray and you fast. You call for the elders of the church to come and lay hands on them and pray the prayer of faith to believe that God is going to heal them. But what do you do? What do you do when you have prayed and sought God for a thing and God does not allow it to turn in your favor? How do you react to God? How do you respond to God when life hits you in such a way and you did what you know that you should do? You bought all of your cares. You cast all of your cares and your concerns to God, but God did not turn this thing around in your favor. What do you do when life hits you and God's response is nothing? Bible says that Lazarus gets sick and, and he dies, and so the two sisters send a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But look at verse 4 right here. But when Jesus heard about him, he said, Lazarus' sickness would not end in death. Uh-huh. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Now, I got a problem. I got a problem. I got a problem. Oh. I got a problem, Jesus. Now, I, 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 if this had been anybody else, you said, that got sick and they died, and, and you said, oh, this is not going to end in death, but it's going to be for the glory of God. People are going to be able to see Jesus in the midst of this. He's going to be glorified and magnified. But Jesus, this is not just some joker that has died. This is someone whom you said that you love. This is someone that you said that you were fond of. This was someone that opened up their home to you when you were come to visit and do ministry, a place where you can be able to come and lay your head. Somebody probably gave up their bed so that Jesus can be able to lie down. Mary and Martha spent time in the kitchen in preparation for Jesus to come, knowing what he liked, knowing he liked some fried chicken and some gravy made in the black iron skillet and some biscuits and some red Kool-Aid and making sure that Jesus had exactly what he needed while he was there. This was not just some ordinary person. This was Lazarus, your friend. The one you called your friend. The one whom you said you love. Come on, preacher. We sent you a text message to let you know. We, we FaceTimed you to let you know that, that your boy is dead, that he's gone. And now you decide to say, and your response to the death of our loved one is that this thing is not going to end in death. Jesus, what do you mean? He's already dead. Come on. But that God is going to receive the glory out of this? How do you handle God when you prayed and cried, cried and prayed, rolled, prayed and cried? And Jesus' response to you is, I'm not going to come right now. I'm not going to show up right now. I'm not going to intervene right now. Because here's the the kicker right here. Jesus is the same one that even for him to be able to heal Lazarus, he did not even have to be in the vicinity. All he would have to do is speak a word and Lazarus could be healed. But you tell me that it's not going to end in death and he's already dead and that God is going to receive the glory out of this. The Son of God is going to be revealed in the midst of this. What do you mean? Jesus and you have the audacity not to come but to stay where you are for two additional days 
It gives us, it gives us, it, 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 it opens up our mind to be able to realize that sometimes we have an issue with prayer. We have an issue with prayer. We, we have a problem with prayer when we pray to God and God does not respond to us on our terms. How do you handle a God that says he loves you? How do you handle a God that's full of grace and mercy that when you seek him with a pure heart and clean hands and a pure heart and you seek him to move on your behalf, but yeah. he does not move right away. Instead, he stays where he is for additional days, looking back from the looking back over life and seeing everything that you're in and never move towards you to help you. How do you respond to a God that allows for things to get worse before they get better when he has all power to be able to change your situation just like that? I believe this sense of God that even when God delays, even when the Lord delays in coming to our rescue, that is a prime opportunity for us to be able to grow in our faith in God. I believe that when God delays in coming to us, because get this, God's delay does not mean that he does not love us. Oh my gosh, I just said something right there. God's delay in responding to us or coming to our rescue does not mean that God does not love us. It means that he is up to something, that he is working on something behind the scenes that we don't even know. And he's checking and he's checking to see, can you trust me when you can't trace me? Can you trust me when I'm not even saying anything? Can you trust me when I'm not moving at your speed? Can you rely upon me and still say, Lord, you're good? And still say, Lord, you're mighty? And still say, Lord, you're kind? And still say, Lord, I know that you love me even when you're not giving me life and dealing with life on my terms. Can you still depend upon him? when you don't like the deck of cards that he's dealt you. Here's a reality we have to be able to accept and, 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 and wrestle with for all of the days of our lives over here on earth. God allows for godly people to suffer. All right. Oh, I know you don't like it. It's quiet, it's quiet. I already know, I know you don't like that. But God, God allows godly people to be able to suffer. I know, I know, I know you've, you've been up now because we're in quarantine. We got nothing else to do. You've been up late, been watching church on TV, and you had some TV evangelist, some false prophet. Yeah, I said it. Um, that down on there and told you that you should never be sick a day in your life, that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, and that, the, and that God owns a cut on a thousand hills, and that you don't ever have to be broke another day in your life. But the truth of the matter is, he told us in his word. That's how I know they are a false prophet, because they didn't read the word of God. He told us oh in this world, but in this world, we're going to have trials and tribulations. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bust. I'm sorry to bust your quarantine spiritual bubble right now. But in this life that we live, we are going to have some trouble. We are going to have some struggles. We are going to have some things that's not going to happen our way. That are not going to go our way. God allows for godly people to be able to suffer. God allows for those that he loves. To suffer. Oh, pastor, I'm about to turn you off right now. Don't you go nowhere else. You stay right there because this word is, is for you. If he loves me, here it is. Let's break this down. If he loves me, why do I have to suffer? If, if, 
if God loves me, I, I mean, somebody saying, Pastor, you don't even realize from my childhood all the way up until today, I have been struggled. Life has been a struggle. I've had to fight all of my life. I've had to go through all of my life, Pastor. I am tired of going through the same cycle. I'm tired of going through the same thing that I went through when I was five years old. I came from a household. Somebody's testimony is, I came from a household where we didn't have anything to eat. We, we struggle every day of our life, and here it is, 20, 30, 40 years later, and I'm repeating the same cycle over and over again. I'm tired of going through this. I've read the word of God. I pray our fashion, and this is what you give me, God? This is how you pay me back for my faithfulness to you? If you love me like you say you do, then love should have bought you in the middle of my situation. If you love me the way that you do, you would have intervened in my marriage before it ended in divorce. If you love me the way that you say you do, you would have you would have healed my body and my issues and my conditions wouldn't have gotten worse. If you love me the way you do, you wouldn't allow for my bank account to be a negative. If you love me the way that you do, you would allow me to go through school and to matriculate through school and get all this student loan debt and ain't got no job. Now, if you love me, love should have bought you smack dab in the middle of my situation. So, God, if you love me, why? Why do you allow me? Here it is. That's the thing that we have to realize, saints of God. God allows and he permits for godly people to suffer. Right. Oh, I know, I know, I know we want to put stuff on the devil. I know we want to put things on the enemy. I know, I know we want to take scripture out of context and apply it to our situation to make us feel better. But God, whom loves us so much, so much. will still allow us to suffer. Will still allow us to go through will still allow us to have to experience some pain, some struggle, some trouble on this side of heaven. Why is it then that if God loves me that he allows me to be able to focus? I believe there are three perspectives that we need to be able to have of, uh, 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 of suffering. There are three perspectives that you and I need to keep in constant reminder of what it, what it means for the believer to be able to, 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 to suffer and to struggle with pain and issues in life. Here it is. The first perspective we must have that we have to have when it comes to suffering is we must be God for. We must be God-focused. We, we have to see our suffering through the lenses of God. It's right there in verse 4. I know you don't close your Bible. Don't close your Bible up. It says it right there in verse 4. But Jesus heard, all, heard about it, and he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it will happen for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. It happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from it. It happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from it. We have to have a God focus of suffering and begin to step back and ask the Lord Almighty to help us to be able to mature and to be able to grow and be developed through this thing so that we can see it as God sees it and respond to it as God will respond and realize that what I'm going through, that God is going to get the glory out of it and realize that he trusted me enough that he realized, I realized I had enough within me. I had enough, I had enough strength within me to be able to handle what's going on in my life right now that we have to realize and remind ourselves that even though this trouble that I'm going 
going through right now, it cannot compare to the glory that will be revealed, the strength that's going to be revealed. If truth be told, you will know how to pray as well as you do if it had not been for suffering. If truth be told, you will know how to praise God. Here it is, because now the real praises are arising because you're not in the sanctuary. You don't have the organ. You don't have the keyboard. You don't have the drums, but you know how to tear a house up all by yourself. Your suffering has taught you how to worship God. No one has to tell you to bow down. No one has to tell you to lift up your hands. Life has hit you at such a heart, and life will cause you to bow down and to worship him. If it had not been for the pain, if it had not been for the struggle, you wouldn't be in your world as much as you are right now. You can quote from Genesis to Revelation now, because life has hit you in a way that you learn to depend upon God's word. It does not matter what's happening in your life right now. God is going to get the glory out of it. I know you lost your job, but God's going to get the glory out of it. I know your marriage is in shambles right now, and y'all stuck together in a house, but God's going to get the glory out of it. I know your kids have lost their minds, but God is going to get the glory out of it. I know your car is jacked up, but God's going to get the glory out of it. Oh, I got I to gotta be able to see it. I got to be able to see it. I, I got to be able to see it through the perspective of God. It happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from him. What are you saying, Pastor? God wants to use you as a poster child of advertisement. <laughs> God wants to use your circumstance and the situation. God wants to use your suffering right now as a stage. God wants to use your life right now as a classroom to be able to show people what it looks like to make it through a pandemic. God wants to use your life as a poster child to show somebody this is how you behave yourself when you're in, when you're in between checks. This is how you handle yourself when you're in between jobs. God wants to use your story. For him to be glorified. Got to see it from God focused. But secondly, I'm almost done. You got you to be able to see this as self-focused as well. You got you to be able to ask yourself, what is it that either God is trying to show me about me? What is it that God is trying to teach me about me? What is it that God is try- trying to grow in me? What is it? that God is trying to develop in me with this suffering. Here it is, saints of God. You will miss the classroom of suffering if you never take the time to ask yourself some tough questions. You will cause yourself to be in after-school detention if you miss this moment right now when it comes to suffering and really begin to do some self-reflection and really begin to have some tough conversations with God and say, okay, God, I know, I know, I know I thought I had it all together. I thought I was all that in the bag of chips. In fact, I thought I was the potato that made the chip, but you're coming to show me now that I wasn't hitting on nothing at all. You, you're hitting me right now and letting me know that I am nothing but dirt. You're letting me know right now that I'm nothing but filthy right right now. It takes time. It takes it takes a moment of suffering to cause us to have some self-reflection and ask ourselves, all right, Lord, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? What is it that you're looking to develop within me? I like what James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it 
an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. You will be mature. In other words, you will be complete, needing nothing at all. Wait a minute, Pastor. Now, you, 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 you coming hard this morning. I'm still in quarantine. I don't know when I'm coming out. And you talking about the considerate all joy, making a great opportunity, consider it an opportunity for joy, count it all joy when I'm going through any type of trouble in my life. Why does James? James say that because James knows something that I can be able to count it joy through suffering. I can be able to count it as joy when I'm going through life struggles. I, I can be able to count it as joy when life hits me hard and hits me in a way that I have no idea that it was coming. Why? Because the end part, the end part is that the fruit that is going to come forth. You and I can gain a better perspective of suffering when we begin to see this through the lenses of God and have that time of self-reflection to be able to realize that God God does not waste any opportunity at all. There's a reason for he's allowing this to happen. There's something that he's trying to grow in us. There's something that he's trying to develop in us. There's something that he's trying to make us into. There's someone that he's trying to make us into. There's something that he's trying to grow us into. And the only way that some of us are going to grow, that it's going to be in the times of trouble. It's going to be in the times of struggle that we are going to grow. I was watching, I was watching my baby girl the other day. Look, Kenny, I'm telling you, once we come out of this pandemic, you're going to see Kenny in a whole different light. I'm telling you, she has grown up so much. She is so independent. I mean, she is so independent. She is so independent. I'm asking the Lord to help me to be able to, I, I, I don't want to break that independence, but I'm asking the Lord to help me to be able to, 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 to round it out some so it can be balanced because when her mind is made up, her mind is made up and she's going to do what she wants to do. I love that drive that she has. The other day she was trying to climb up on the couch. She was trying to climb up on the couch where I was, and I kept trying to, I kept trying to help her because I saw that she was struggling. I saw that she needed help, but every time I went to help her, she would move my hand. I'm like, girl, listen, you don't know what you're doing. You're only one years old. You haven't been in the world long enough to know what you want to do yet. And so I tried to help her, but every time, every time, every time I put my hand out to give her a hand up, she would move my hand out of the way. It got real good to her because she spit that pacifier out of her mouth. She said, this is it. This time, I'm going to get up on this couch. And so she was smart about it. She went and got a little stool, and she climbed up on the stool, and she made her way on the couch. She came and sat right beside me and put a pacifier in her mouth and said, this is why I didn't need you to help me, because I needed to grow through this. I needed to be able to get innovative and creative and develop a way to be able to get up here, because she realized there may come a time when daddy is not there to help me, and I got to use this as a teaching for a moment to be able to grow and develop so that I can be able to get on this couch by myself. And that's what God is saying to somebody today. It's not that God has been absent. It's not that God has not been there. He was there all the time, as the old hymn writers would say, watching you, taking care of you, making sure the environment was safe. But he wanted you to use this as an opportunity for you to stretch your wings, for you to be able to stretch your muscles and begin to grow. So don't see suffering as a punishment, but see it as a classroom that God God is trying to teach me something about me. God is trying to grow me into someone that I haven't even become yet. Thank you, God. So I can, I can consider it joy because I know what the final result is going to be. That I'm going to be mature. That I'm going to be developed. And that I'm not going to lack anything at all. 
Oh, God is so good. God is so gracious. That even, even in those tough environments, don't you realize that God is omnipresent? He's everywhere at the same time. That even in those tough moments, God is looking at you and he's seeing, he's looking, he's observing. He's only going to allow things to go so good. He's only going to allow things to get so bad before he intervenes. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's creating the right temperature. He's creating the, creating the right environment for you to grow and develop and become who he wants you to be. And sometimes the only way, the only way that we're going to grow and develop, got to have a little struggle. Got to have a little struggle. When, 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 that, when that caterpillar is coming out of the cocoon to become a butterfly, it has, to, it has to struggle. And if anyone, if anyone intervenes prematurely, it will mess up the whole process of the, of the butterfly being able to become what it needs to be. So we have to see suffering through the God focus of seeing this from God's perspective. We have to, we have to see suffering, uh, self-focus. We have to take a time of self-reflection to begin to ask ourselves some tough questions. What is it that God is trying to teach me about me? Mm -hmm. Who is it that God is trying to make me into? But here's the last part. Suffering has to be seen through the perspective of other focus. Pastor, what, what, what do you mean by that? We have to begin to ask ourselves the question, okay, God, if, you, if you're going to receive the glory out of this, if, 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 you, if you're making me into someone that I was not before, you're creating a story mm -hmm. for me to be able to tell to somebody else. Right. In, other words, in other words, suffering is a great evangelistic tool. Mm -hmm. All right. Right. Suffering is a great evangelistic tool. Right there, I know if, if Brother Cornelius was in the building right now, he would have had my back if I said that. Suffering is a great evangelistic tool. Why? Why, Pastor? Why do you say that? Because, 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 because when you have gone through something, mm -hmm. it helps you to be more compassionate towards somebody else that may be going through that very thing and then when you step on the scene and open up your mouth you're talking from the perspective of an expert having gone through that same thing and you can be able to testify and give hope to someone in a jacked up situation and let them know the same God that brought me out is the same God that can bring you out the same God that healed me is the same God that can heal you the same God that provided for me is the same God that can provide for you here's what 2 Corinthians 1 and 4 says he comforts us all in our troubles so we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Look at what he says. He comforts us all in our troubles. Why? So that same comfort that God gives us, we can in turn give that same comfort to somebody else. So please realize, saints of God, God is not wasting an opportunity. The only people that waste suffering is us because we don't like suffering. We don't like the process of suffering. We don't like the pain of suffering. We don't like the struggle of suffering. And we waste an opportunity to be able to be a catalyst, to be able to be a poster child, to tell somebody, hey, I've been through it. You can make it through. I know, I know, I know, I know they left you, but I've been through that. And I can testify God will keep you my I know you lost a love when I've been through that but I can promise you God will keep your mind in perfect yeah. peace when you keep your mind stayed yeah. on him you can be able to testify and bring hope in a jacked up situation yeah. letting somebody know thank you Lord no matter how wild it's getting uh -huh. whew, thank you, 
God can intervene and help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a single parent doing it all by yourself, but it's not an opportunity that's going to be wasted. You can testify to somebody else. Hey, 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 I know. Thank you, Jesus. I know. But look at what he's done. Thank you, God. In my life. Love should have bought him a smack dab in the middle. The situation. I know somebody is saying, Well, Pastor, you, you done lost him because if he really loved me, he would have showed up. If he really loved me, he would have intervened. If he really loved me, he would have allowed my house to go into foreclosure. If he would love me, he would allow my car to get repossessed. My only means of transportation, he wouldn't allow it to happen. If he loved me, when we walked down that aisle, we never thought that we'd be in divorce court. If he loved me, I wouldn't have this sickness in my body. But let me encourage you. God's going to get the glory out of it. And yes, he loves you, but never think, never diminish the love of God because he has delayed his coming. Bishop Joseph Walker tells a story. Had a restaurant waiting on the dinner. Everybody gets their food. And he's still waiting for his plate to come. Everybody's looking around. He's at peace. <laughs> he ain't worried. He ain't fretting. He, in, 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 instead, he encourages everybody else to go ahead and eat their dinner. And he said, well, Bishop, that's kind of rude to do that. And everybody hasn't gotten their meal yet. He said, he said no, I, I'm not tripping. I know we look around. Everybody else is getting their place. Everybody in the whole restaurant is eating but me. He said, but what you all failed to realize that my order was not something from the menu. It was a special order, which means it takes special time and preparation. What you're experiencing is not on the menu of life. But it's been special order and designed just for you. And God... Is going to use your life as a platform for people to see what the glory of God looks like. I love it in this story. I like the position of Mary and Martha. They brought their concerns to the one mm -hmm. that they knew was able to turn it around. Yes. And I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Look back, look back, look, at, look back at verse three. Mm -hmm. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend, and some other versions may say, Lord, the one whom you love is very sick. It teaches us something here. An application moment that we can make to our life. No matter how wild life gets, it's never too wild to bring it to him. No matter how out of control life is, no matter how chaotic life is, no matter how crazy life is, no matter how jacked up life is, no matter how life may suck right now, it's never too terrible for you to bring it to him. 
I like their words because they did not say, Lord, the one that loved you. They said, no, the Lord, whom, Lord, the one whom you love yes. is sick. The one who you have broadcasted how you felt about publicly is sick. And they bought their cares. They bought their struggles. They bought their wild, out-of-control life to Jesus. Let me encourage you because right now there's some people that's got mixed emotions right now. You don't know how to feel because life is just out of control. Now this is a, a new normal that you're having to wrestle through. You don't know how to adjust now because now, listen, I told you the other day, I, Friday, I didn't even realize that was Friday. I thought it was Saturday. Life has taken on a whole new adjustment. Naps are no longer 45 minutes. They're two, three hours now for me. Just knock out in the middle of the day for no reason. And I'm struggling because I'm having to adjust to this new normal called life now. But I'm encouraged by the word of God. That no matter how wild stuff is, no matter how uncomfortable I am right now, God wants me to bring it to him. Bring, bring me your uncomfort. Bring me your irritations. Bring me your frustrations. Here it is. And I've said this before and I will say it again. God is not intimidated by, by our humanity. That's right. He can handle our questions. He can, he can handle our struggles. He can handle our disappointments. He can handle what we're upset about. He can handle our, our, our emotions that are on a roller coaster right now. They can't overwhelm him. Bring it to him. You're struggling because you want to break from those that you live with. Bring it to him. Bring it to him. Why are you trying to hide it from him? He, he already knows how you're feeling. He's seeing how you're stepping off already. Bring it to him. Bring it to him. Cast your cares. Sling it at him. Throw it to him. God, help me right now. I don't have an escape right. I have nowhere else to go. God, help me right now. Those that are lonely and, 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 and the church was your place for, for, for socializing. Bring it to them. Those that, that death has come to your family and you're struggling because you you can't have nobody over to comfort you. Can't nobody just come over and bring a cake back. Can't nobody just right. come and sit with you and cry with you. Yeah. Bring it to him. God can handle the pressures of your life. And if you're struggling, if you're struggling with God, I, I, don't, I don't like this whole thing of you getting the glory. Father, help me to be able to accept the fact that you're going to get the glory out of this, God. And help me to be the best supporting actress to your play as, as best as possible. Just because he has delayed doesn't mean he doesn't hear you. Just because he's delayed doesn't mean that he's not going to show up. You got a special made order. 
and your life is going to be used for God to get the glory. Let me pray with you. In fact, let's make it a point of contact. Put your hands on the screen. Put your hands on your laptop, TV, whatever you're watching from. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us that are struggling with the fact of how you're going to get the glory and that if there was anybody else you wish they could use, but you've chosen us, God. Help us to embrace the reality, Father God, that you're going to get the glory out of our situation and help us to be the best supporting actors and actresses that we can. Father God, help us to be able to make the necessary adjustments, oh God. So that you can receive the glory. So that you can be magnified. So that your name can be broadcasted even farther. Help me to bring everything to you. Help me to stop trying to hide and, and do everything on my own. Help me to bring everything, 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 every emotion, every struggle, every thought. Help me to bring everything to you. We can see this through your your lens as your perspective and use it as an evangelistic tool. Same way you comfort us, we can share that same comfort. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you watch it right now and you're not saved, you're not saved. Let me tell you, right now at this moment, you can make the best decision of your life that would change your entire life. And that's asking the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. Asking the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart to make a change in you that you cannot change, that you cannot make yourself. Let today be your day of salvation. Let today be the day of a turnaround in your life. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can say, Lord, I, I confess I am a sinner that needs to be saved. And right where you are, today can be your day of salvation. If that's you, type in the comment section that I want to be saved today. I want to be saved today. If you need prayer, email our prayer team at prayerteam at hopewellmb.org. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. Email our prayer team at prayerteam at hopewellmb.org. Give it your, give them, make sure you put in your contact information, your email address, your phone number, and someone from our prayer team will directly call you and pray with you and pray for you. I believe this is the most important time right now that if you don't have a church home, that you put yourself under the umbrella of a spiritual covering. And we would love for you to be a part of Hope World Missionary Baptist Church Virtual. You can put in the comment section, Pastor, I, I want to be Team Hope World virtually. I want to be a part of the well. Go to the inbox right there on Facebook and give us your information. We'll connect you with our connections team. And you can become a part of Team Hope World. We love you. God loves you. There's purpose in your surfing. There's purpose in your pain. God wants to use it. He wants to be glorified. He wants to be magnified. Hallelujah. Make that decision today. I want to be saved. Put that in the comment section. If you need prayer, email our prayer team at prayerteam at hopewellmb.org. If you want to become a part of Team Hopewell, put in the comment section, I want to be a part of Team Hopewell. Let today be your day of salvation, your day to be a part of 